All righty. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And we got the last game of Week 15. Um, hopefully your, uh, your leagues aren't coming down to this game. Uh, but actually, uh, in one of the leagues that I am in, it, it is, in fact, coming down in, in, in both semifinal matches down to this game. Uh, and that's probably the case in a few leagues out there. It was a very, very exciting week number 15. Some tremendous performances out there. Guys that have gotten really hot uh, in the playoffs. And uh, that's what football has come down to this time of the year. A lot of crazy things happen. Wiz, how are you this afternoon? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, uh, some twists and turns along the way. I mean, I think the one thing that's that stood out to me over the weekend was if you had Ezekiel Elliott and you kept him handcuffed with Pollard all year long and you were thinking to yourself, which I was in one league where I had both players was why doesn't Elliott just sit out and let Pollard get in there? He'll instead of splitting the carries. Actually, I remember on the podcast, I said that I thought Elliott was killing the value of him and Pollard. And they finally sat Elliott, and Pollard went crazy, and uh, that was a big win for, windfall for those that have Elliott and Pollard. Yeah, it, it was it was huge. And, and I think, you know, look, there's a guy like Pollard who definitely runs with a little bit more fire in his belly right now. He's the healthier player. We've noted Ezekiel has not been right for, for a bunch of weeks now. We know this offensive line has been maligned as well. But Pollard just had a big hop in his step this week. And, uh, you know, we talked about the player. I, th- I thought it was going to be a big outperformer this week. Uh, you know, a guy that needed to be sprinkled in all over DraftKings and things like that. And it's it's a lot clearer too when you don't have to deal with the with the uncertainty. You know, we've seen the Keenan Allen maneuver, what transpired on Thursday night, that really hurt a lot of fantasy owners. And, and this was a very clear cut situation. And Pollard rewarded those owners who uh, who handcuffed them. And, you know, Wiz and I talked about handcuffs in the beginning of the year, uh, and certainly uh, it's an important facet of it when, when you get down to this point in time. And and look, you have some players that are getting really hot and putting up tremendous performances. You look at a guy like Darren Waller, who's had three monster weeks in a row. Now, can he keep it going into the finals? Uh, you know, I think I think yes, because he, he is the, the, the most lethal weapon in that offense. Uh, David Montgomery has gotten red hot here down the stretch, you know, getting the touches since Nagy's been removed from play calling. Uh, quite frankly, the Chicago Bears have looked more like the 2018 Chicago Bears. Some very encouraging signs. Mitch Trubisky's been a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. So things like that. We know what Derrick Henry's doing once again. So players getting hot late in the season, carrying your teams, and, and there's a number of them that are doing that. And, and and, and the guys that are going to be alive and guys and gals that are going to be alive going into the final weekend, if in fact your championship is week 16, a lot of that's going to be circulated around the, the fact that the, you've got some hot players as you come down the stretch. Yeah, there's no no question about that. And uh, I guess we'll talk more about <clears throat> week 15 during the week, but uh, getting into the game tonight, I mean, Pittsburgh is uh, a 14-point favorite over the hapless Bengals, the totals like around 40, 40 and a half. So if you do the math there, they're not really expecting the Bengals to score more than 13 points in that game. Um, I don't know. It's one of these games where I'm looking at it. And when you look at this game, is there anything tomorrow 
that's going to make you say, like, it's just one of these games where, like, I, I just feel the Steelers have nothing to gain. Like, of course they're going to play, and of course they're going to try and win the game. Of course they're going to try and play well. But, I mean, from a standpoint of the Steelers, is there anything that you could look at in this game and then tomorrow say, okay, the Steelers are back on track? Because if they play well, don't you think a lot of people are going to say, oh, it was against the Bengals? Oh, look, I think the Steelers have have shown very, very poorly in, in the last few few weeks, uh, even when competition has been subpar. So this is another subpar competitor in, in, in the Bengals who are trotting out Ryan Finley this week. You know, we know their offensive line is not very good. There's no Joe Mixon. So and they, and they don't have a very good defense. So all, all these things are kind of working against the, uh, against the Bengals, of course. But the Steelers have not been able to put together any sort of consistency on offense outside of a few short passes here and there. I feel there's been a complete discombobulation in the offense. We know they've lost some defensive players who, who are really stalwarts in that defense. And, you know, look, I don't. they have no uh, lines out on, on, on Pittsburgh Steelers running backs. I know James Conner's coming into this game um, questionable. I don't know why they'd actually even play James Conner this week. If the guy's questionable, let him rest. This team has to get ready for the playoffs. But Pittsburgh has to start establishing some some modem of a pass, of, of a rushing game to help out balance this offense where Ben Roethlisberger is not, you know, uh, going back 50-odd times in a game and having to throw the ball that much. And, and Roethlisberger himself, not 100% healthy. I don't think he's looked particularly good. But I think Steelers have to find a way to get some confidence in the running game. So no matter who is actually running the football here, I think they're going to have to try and establish it so that they can start to build off of something because I think it's been a little bit concerning that the balance in this offense has been nowhere to be found. So with that being said, what do you think the game plan is going to be? Is it going to be, look, we know we're not going to have to score a lot of points, so we're just going to stick with the run game, stick with the run game, stick with the run game, or is it going to be we have to understand who we are, we can run the ball, and – we're going to throw it again all over the park against everybody, so let's try and do that. Do you, you think that tonight's a game where they will not give up on the run because they're in a game where they know it's not going to get away from them? Yeah, look, I, I just think I, your point's well taken because we know the Buffalo Bills have kind of done the same type of thing where they don't pretend that they have a great rushing game. Uh, they really utilize Cole Beasley to kind of be like a kind of a part of the running game, the way they use him in, 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 in pass assignments. But I think this is a game, with, and, and I think Mike Tomlin's the type of coach, this team wants to establish a running game. Late in the season, cold weather conditions, Kansas City Chiefs going on the road because most likely if the if the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the playoffs and make it that far, they're going to have to go on the road to, to, to do it because right now they're, they're actually, for a, for a team that's played really well all year long, they don't feel like a strong playoff contender right now. So I think this is a much more balanced attack. Even when they have thrown the ball 50-odd times, it's dinking and dunking. We know that Deontay Johnson's not been holding on to the football. We know that Eric Ebron has not been holding on to the football. For some strange reason, they continue to run these very short routes, uh, pass routes for, for guys like Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I know they try to get the ball down the field almost every game to Claypool or, or Washington. But, you know, I think this is a game where you're going to see much more balance in the attack. 
I don't expect a monstrous passing game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're going to establish, attempt to establish a run this evening to gain some confidence. And I don't care who's running the football, whether it's James Conner, whether it's Snell, whether it's McFarland, whether it's uh, Jalen Samuels getting in there. I think this team is going to try and run the football a bit tonight. Alrighty, so with that being said, 14, 40 and a half, do you, is there a side you like? Would you leave the 14? Would you dare take the 14? So I, I don't love the game from a betting perspective. Um, you know, I, I think when I came into, uh, if you remember the two, the two bets that I liked this weekend, uh, and I hit both of them, it was night, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys getting three points. And the other one was a big line, whereas minus 12, the Ravens and the Jaguars. And I just felt that the Jaguars were all kinds of injuries on the offensive line. The Ravens were starting to get healthy, confident, and I felt really good about that 12-point spread. I feel the opposite with this game. So I am probably going to bet the Cincinnati Bengals getting 14 points in this game because the Pittsburgh Steelers have to show me that they are going to be that dominant team, and I don't trust them at the moment. I know Finley, like I said, is being trotted out. They still have weapons on this team and guys like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Every once in a while, A.J. Green still appears here. The running back situation is obviously very messy. I I don't really advocate using any of those players, but I think they will – get a better look at kind of guys like Travion Williams and, and Samaj Pirine uh, rather than a guy like um, uh, Giovanni Bernard because it's clear that, that that's not going to be the player that's going to get you uh, where you need to go in, 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 in a football game. So I like, the, I like the Bengals getting 14 points in this game. I think they'll keep it semi-close because I'm looking for this style of game to be a little bit more of Pittsburgh trying to get some run game going. So while I don't see the Bengals winning this game, I actually think they're going to keep this one competitive. Yeah, I'm with you as far as, like, you know, the, the points in the game. I mean, you know, you, you can't take the Bengals and be incredibly confident. I mean, they may not move the ball past midfield in this game, so you can't take them with confidence. But as far as the point spread goes, yeah, I mean, if someone said to me, you know, take someone in the game, I'm going to take the Bengals as well with the 14 points. But it's a tough game to, to, to love Either way, um, getting into DraftKings, and then I guess we're into player props. But as far as DraftKings go, is there a guy on either side kind of under the radar you put in there tonight? So I'll give you two players on each side. Uh, one, a guy that actually has been consistent in the passing game and has not let down Ben Roethlisberger. I like James Washington for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think he's a player that there's trust. He seems to make a big play in nearly every time they give him the opportunity. And the guy that I think I'm going to be sprinkling in in this particular game uh, across the board, and I think he'll have a good game, and it's one of my prop bets as well, is the tight end from the Cincinnati Bengals, Drew Sample. Uh, I think with Ryan Finley in there, he'll be more apt to look and, and, and throw um, short passes, you know, look, look look to just dump it off here and there. Sample will be the guy doing that, uh, and I think he's a guy that actually could could actually outperform, you know, where, where kind of he's slated at for tonight's ballgame. Okay, that's interesting. Um and I'll, I'll add one. I'll, I'll add one other thing on that. If you remember yep. some of these games, this is when they had Devin Bush and when they had um, uh, uh, Bush and uh, what's the other kid that they lost at the linebacker? Um, 
Dupree, Bud Dupree. Uh, Bud Dupree. So, so they lost both of these players, uh, and Spillane also just got hurt. So you knocked out three linebackers in this core. But if you remember some of those games early on in the year, and this happened with the Steelers, even when they had some leads with with their full defense, tight ends. I remember Noah Font and Drew Locke. Oh no, it wasn't Drew Locke actually. I think it was Brett Rippon. But the tight ends were having a field day on, on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a few games early on the season, and that's what I'm looking for to happen here as well. Interesting, and uh, you know who are the you know you, th- those guys are going to be salary wise. You're going to get you're going to get a lot of leverage with those guys. So if it's someone in, you'd you'd say you know put them in with Roethlisberger, Snell, like who 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 else would you add in that you feel a little bit more like yeah that's a sure thing. So you want to sprinkle in the under the radar guys and get some short things in there. Who do you feel like, okay, yeah, this guy is going to, you know, do something for certain. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is going to get back to, to using uh, Chase Claypool in a more effective manner. So I see Claypool doing a lot in this ball game, very confident in his, in his, he's going to score a touchdown tonight and he's going to have an outperformance in yardage tonight. So I'm confident in Chase Claypool tonight on the Pittsburgh Steelers side. And on the on, on the side of the Bengals, uh, I think their best offensive weapon is, is Tyler Boyd. And I think Ryan Finley has shown a notion to go to the player quite frequently. So I'll, I, I think you will see Tyler Boyd fed often in this ballgame. Alrighty, and uh, going to player props, uh, I know you you mentioned something. Did you take a, uh, have a chance to look it over and uh, something to recommend out there? Yeah, there's two player props that I like tonight. It's Chase Claypool, the over 39.5 yards, and, and it's Drew Sample, over 2.5 catches. Those are the two that stand out to me as being the ones that I am going to play this particular uh, th- for this particular game. And what, what, what were the uh, receiving yards and receptions on James Washington? Uh, Washington was 30, I want to say around 32 and a half yards receiving. Let me, let me just double check right now. Let's see. Uh, Washington is 23 and a half yards receiving. I actually think that's an enticing one as well. It's, you know, look, without a doubt, last, last week in that game, even though Pittsburgh didn't say it, um, Deontay Johnson got benched in that ball game for dropping footballs. And Washington comes in, he makes a big play, he scored a touchdown last week. I don't know if you're in agreement with me, but certainly that seems like a relatively low line for a guy that's been probably the better, you know, in terms of hands, he's the guy not dropping footballs out there. Yeah, the the thing I like about the Washington overprop is, honestly, if he catches one pass, it's probably going to go over. I mean, you know, he, he, you know, Roethlisberger, when he throws into Washington, it's usually pretty deep uh, down the field or routes that uh, that are down the field. I mean, certainly if he catches two balls, he'll go over for sure. But uh, that one is good. And then, so Claypool, you think Claypool, they're going to get back to using Chase Claypool more in the frequent, uh, frequently in the passing game tonight and, and down the field as well. I do. I just think they've gotten away from it. You know, the, you know, he was having those explosive games uh, kind of in the, you know, kind of after week four or five where he just started going off every single week. They were finding ways to get him the ball both in the pass and the run game, and they seemingly have stopped doing that. And I think they need to go back and look at what they were doing effectively, and it's time to get Chase uh, much more involved again. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything uh, else you want to add about the game tonight or – no, I, I, I'd say the one thing I, I, I did want to add, I think it was kind of the, 
you know, look, we, we've seen a little bit of a changing of the guard, and I think that Miami-New England game yesterday, this is kind of, the, the, to me, the most obvious call of anything, but we talked about Miami preseason and, and how much more of a better football team they were going to be, even though both of us did question Tua Tagovailoa being put into, into, into play as early as he was. Uh, they came into that game yesterday with a lot of injuries, and, and certainly the Dolphins have had a banged-up rushing game for a number of weeks. They've had COVID cases that they've been dealing with. This particular game, no Mike Kosicki, no Devontae Parker. Uh, Look, the Patriots are not going to the playoffs for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, We're going to have a new team winning that division, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, But I think, you know, we've we've seen the changing of the guard here. And and the other part of this is that I do not think we're going to see Cam Newton on a football field next year. I think you're seeing the end of Cam Newton's football career. It's It's a complete disaster. Just watching that game unfold yesterday. He's got five touchdowns this year in 13 ball games. It's been a disaster of a year. And, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are just riding this thing out. That, that, that stood out so much with me, what transpired in that game. I know the Dolphin defense has been tough to handle this year, uh, but, you know, that was just an ugly, ugly ball game. And I just think the end of Cam Newton's career is upon us. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think he's going to get a starting job. Now, whether a team will sign him and say, you know, you can make the depth charge, you know, you could uh, compete, you'll be a backup. I, I don't know how that'll play out, but I would tend to agree with you that I think it'll be hard-pressed to see a team will, will go and say, okay, we're going to go in certainly with Cam Newton as our starter. Just, just look like he just can't throw the ball down the field anymore. Uh, and then the other, one other thing I want to bring up, and I, watching that game yesterday afternoon, and I was kind of in, in a strange position where uh, in, in one of my leagues where I'm in the finals, I was going against Jalen Hurts and the Arizona defense. Sorry, sorry, Kyla Murray and the Arizona defense. So here's Kyla Murray just lighting me up in the first half of that ball game. And the Arizona defense, uh, you know, fortunately, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were coming on like gangbusters. And I want to talk to you about the situation. I kind of was excited about Jalen Hurts in the NFL, uh, where he was drafted. I wasn't exactly super happy uh, in terms of the place that he's gone to. But boy, this situation has turned dramatically. And I'm curious on your impressions thus far of what the Eagles look like. We know the Eagles' offensive line is, is just terrible. Uh, obviously, the confidence of, of Carson Wentz was shot. But watching Jalen Hurts yesterday, I, I don't know. I mean, we are in kind of this new era of this, this athletic quarterback, guys that need to run uh, when they can. You know, is this the end of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia? And where do you see, if that is in fact the case, where is Carson Wentz destined for? And I'll tell you, this is a big lesson for these teams that threw some monster money. I don't want to hear about Jared Goff anymore, by the way, because that got me more angry than anything today. Jared Goff's performance yesterday against the Jets was disgusting. And so was the entire uh, offense uh, and Sean McVay coming up with... Sean McVay should be embarrassed of his coaching yesterday. But big money being thrown at these quarterbacks who have not proven themselves yet is turning out to be a very dangerous proposition. And and teams are going to pay for this dearly because, you know what? It's it's premature to be anointing these players as early as they are. So I'll kind of let you kind of expound upon what I just said. Uh, Curious to hear your opinions on it. Yeah, like if there was a prop bet... And one side of the prop was which side you're taking. Cam Newton is going to start in the NFL for a team next year, or Carson Wentz is going to take another snap for the Eagles. I would take the prop bet of Cam Newton is going to start in the NFL next year. Um, 
Carson Wentz is, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just the only thing that's holding it back is the money and the contract and what they're going to do about it. But he doesn't want to be there as a backup. The Eagles, I believe, mentally have moved on. Uh, And look, you know, it's the right move. You know, he was making too many mental mistakes taking too many hits, holding on to the ball too long. And uh, look, I, I think there's a real chance Carson Wentz can learn from this experience and grow from it and end up being a better quarterback for it. To sit on the sidelines and, and see maybe and understand the things that he did wrong while Hurts is playing so well, I think that could help him. But as far as that situation with the Eagles, there's just no way those guys are going to be able to coexist and uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the structured contract, but um, the Eagles are not going to, you know, be going back to Carson Wentz ever. So um, a great opportunity for Jalen Hurts. He's played well, and we'll have to see how that plays out going forward. Uh, you know, certainly he'll be quarterback in the next couple of games, but, you know, next year is um, could potentially be a big year for that player. So we'll have to see, but... As far as the landing spot goes for uh, for Carson Wentz, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. So it was interesting. I saw a graphic somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it, but um, it was the career stats of of Carson Wentz versus Tom Brady after their first four seasons in the NFL. And actually, they were remarkably similar with a slightly higher passer rating in favor of Carson Wentz and, and slightly more touchdowns. I was kind of surprised to see that. I'm not trying to categorize both players, but you know, certainly the, the situation in Philadelphia has kind of unraveled rather quickly. And yeah, maybe there is a better spot for Carson Wentz. I know you have not been particularly fond of the player. Uh, maybe decision-making a big part of it. You know, This is a guy that was kind of you know, in the discussion, if you remember the year that he got hurt, you know, going to the Super Bowl in terms of MVP um, considerations. And now we're talking about him being basically being run out of Philadelphia. So it's kind of an interesting sort of story. Um, you know, what's been your impression of Jalen Hurts so far? Yeah, terrific. You know, the one thing that I like about Jalen Hurts, he's a tough kid. He's tough physically and he's tough mentally. He, you know, had to rebound. He was, you know, played terrific. Alabama, and then the championship game, uh, Saban made the switch to Tua, and they came back and they won the game, and then that was it. It was kind of like the writing on the wall. It was on the wall for for Jalen Hurts. Tua won the game, and Tua was going to be the starter next year. And, And you never heard one complaint one negative comment. I love that about Jalen Hurts. I mean, I just love his attitude. I love his toughness. I love his mental toughness and his physical toughness. And that's what he brings to, to the table. Is he ready to be an NFL quarterback from a skill set? No, he's not. But he brings a lot of variables to the table and he can learn some of those other things It make a little, it may take a little bit of time, time. I'm sure that's what the Eagles and Peterson thought when they drafted him, that they maybe have a little time to groom him, but he's thrown in the fire and um, he's played well, but Jalen Hurts brings an amazing, amazing attitude to the Eagles. And um, that's going to, that's going to say a lot going forward. 
Yeah, look, it was a fun game to watch yesterday. Those two guys going toe-to-toe yesterday, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I actually used him, uh, and if you remember, I did I did – I looked. I thought he was going to be a top ten guy this week, and he ended up being that. Uh, but it was just a fun game to watch, even though I was uh, going through the stress of trying to trying to defend against what both Murray and Hertz were doing in different ways. Uh, just I, I was impressed with what I saw, and it's kind of like a changing of the guard. You're seeing just some really young and exciting years ahead. I think in the NFL, when you when you look at what some of these quarterbacks have done this year, between Justin Herbert. Um, you know, in terms of how he's played, well, we, we've mentioned Tua and now Hurts. And, and, you know, the young guys are, 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 are turning and, and obviously Murray in his second year here. But just just exciting stuff. You know, and I'm looking forward to watching these players go toe to toe over the next few seasons. So if young and exciting and promising is on one end of the spectrum, let's just talk briefly what's on the other end of the spectrum, the Jets. And. For those Jets fans, and I'm not one, but I know a lot of Jets fans, uh, buddy Eric Borsak, may he rest in peace, would have been absolutely mortified by the Jets winning that game yesterday and essentially losing Trevor Lawrence and uh, – what did you What did you make of that whole situation? Yeah, it's tough. Like, like you know, here here's a situation. And by the way, I think the Rams are. You know, they were a big they were a big player in this game. Let's not lose sight of that. The Jet- oh no no, I'm not I'm not by any means. Yeah no, I, I'm just talking about the outcome. I'm not talking about how we got to the outcome. They got to the outcome because the Jets played a better game than they played most of the year, and the Rams and their coaching staff and their quarterback. Were horrendous. Yeah, I I think as a Jet fan, like we 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 all know people. You know, you and I, especially living in this particular area, we know a lot of people who are Jets fans. And I think you just come a, become accustomed to a team that's just going to generally disappoint you in some way, shape, or form. And uh, apparently, tw- the Twitter Twitter sphere was uh, was ablaze yesterday with with disgust about the Jets winning the game. And yeah, look, it, this. Now, again, has Sam Darnold actually been given a fair shot in the league with the right players and right situations? You know, there can be an argument that he's not been given a fair opportunity, and, and maybe there are a few uh, coaching staffs out there or teams out there in the NFL right now that are looking at kind of the Sam Darnold situation because there's a chance that he doesn't get re-signed for the Jets. But obviously things have changed dramatically here. But I think the Jets are just a, one of those franchises that's just cursed, and uh, unfortunately... Trevor Lawrence looks like it's going to get away from them as well. Look, there's two more games that both of these teams are playing. So we don't know what will transpire. But all likelihood, this is uh, the, the Jets are not going to be getting Trevor Lawrence. So quite an interesting development. By the way, that's not to say that Jacksonville Jaguars are anywhere of a model franchise. That thing is, I mean, that's gone in a one-way direction since they were one a series away from going to the Super Bowl three years ago. That's just gone nowhere but south and they're going to be coming in with a completely new coaching staff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of question around the fan base there, the ownership. So it's not like you're going into an unbelievable situation in Jacksonville either. No, that, that's true. But the, the one the one player who I think situation now gets much more interesting with the Jets very unlikely to have the number one pick is now Sam Donald. Uh, I think, you know, the number one pick, it's a no-brainer. You're taking the player, and then you're doing whatever with Sam Donald. Now I'm not quite sure that it's a slam dunk 
taking fields or um, uh, whoever at quarterback and then forgetting about Sam Donald. So I think, you know, your point's well taken about the Jags and Jets, but the one player who I think now things would make a little bit more interesting for is Sam Donald. Because uh, <clears throat> what anyone else says, there is a big drop-off from Trevor Lawrence to any other quarterback coming out of college football this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I, and I, and I think that's definitely going to be the, be the case. So, all right, good stuff. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, look, heading into the final game, I, if, you're, if your game is determined by this game tonight, lots of luck. Uh, we'll recap the action of what's transpired uh, over this past weekend. Uh, and we'll talk a lot about certain players. I, I failed to mention Josh Allen in this because he certainly made a remarkable impression on a lot of people this year. But we'll do a recap uh, probably on Wednesday, and then we get ready for the first game of the week. There'll be no Thursday game this week. It'll be Christmas Day uh, where the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints will be squaring off. So, Wiz, I'll wish you a good evening. Uh, try and enjoy this game tonight. Maybe it'll keep us uh, entertained. I'm not sure, but uh, signing off and... Uh, Hope all is well and enjoy the night, okay? You do the same.